Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. And I'm Adam. Uh, and we're here just for a quick uh, mini episode. Um, bonus episode. Um, Adam and I both caught up with a film that we previously mentioned, uh, Cast a Deadly Spell. Mm. Um, Adam mentioned it following our Monster Squad episode, um, but I was convinced it was a listener request. But yeah, it, I realised it was I, quite like. I light. corrected you on that immediately because I just can't bear to have the credit thrown on by anyone else. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, we have to find out who requested it so we can take them. And he was like, don't yeah. requested it, you fool. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and he was absolutely right. So uh, this was a an HBO made for TV uh, movie from 1991. Hmm. Um. I- I first heard about this. There's a really good book called Lurker in the Lobby, um, which is basically Lovecraft's cinema. Mm. Um, and it encompasses stuff like In the Mouth of Madness is in there as well. And, you know, it's not just strictly adaptions yeah. or, or adaptations of his stuff. There's, there's sort of plenty of, um, you know, near, near to the mark and stuff like that in there. And, um, yeah, this was one that just caught my eye because it was, pro- it was probably the only one in there that I just genuinely never heard of, as opposed to, you know, you know some films by reputation and you've seen some of them or whatever. But, yeah, this was the only one I hadn't really sort of ever heard of. And, yeah, I were intrigued. Yeah, I have no idea how I've never seen this. I mean, considering the cast, David Warner, Clancy Brown... Julianne Moore, I, I don't know how this film somehow managed to part. And it's an H.P. Lovecraft film noir. I don't yeah. don't get how it's... I've never come across it before. Um, but I am quite pleased that we did. Yeah, I'm, I think it's one of those things where there's a... It's the, I think I would, I would assume it sort of works both ways, but I think when things are TV movies, especially at a time when that genuinely meant say like in this case hbo so a cable service yeah we wouldn't have got that in the uk no matter what was happening no and no. i think and so i think there's a lot of when you've got like tv movies over here and in the states they don't tend to have the crossover that you get with something that like had a cinema release or even a video release yeah um and this, I mean, this is something that I was, I was sort of like reading about it. And they said that the one thing to remember with this film is this was when HBO wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Game of Thrones sort of be, behemoth yeah. that it is now. This was, this was still a TV budget movie. It's not like, you know, where Game of Thrones is probably made, an episode of Game of Thrones is probably a higher budget than sort of, 30% of movies that are being yeah. made or even more so. Um, and I think for that, you know, like you say, incredible cast. And, you know, I think the, I think the effects hold up and everything. Um, um, I do. Some of it was a little bit hokey. I mean, um, some of the background map paintings were, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It blur, uh, it, there's a lot of sort of, yeah, there is sort of like some, Gletchnikala sort of look to it in places, definitely. But I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I was certainly not knocking it. I mean, I definitely recommend people to see it. 
Um, mm. so, so just to cover the story very quickly, I know we discussed it very briefly previously. Um, so, as we said, mentioned, it's a 1940s detective noir type story yeah. uh, where basically a detective has been brought uh, on board by a rich millionaire played by the amazing David Warner. Oh, yeah. Um, to effectively track down a book that of his which has been stolen uh and it's uh yeah it we know what it is immediately it's the necronomicon yep um, but we will not be spoiling what transpires following that um but it is very much an hp lovecraft universe that he inhabits yeah well that's the i mean that's the main twist of it is that it's uh, it's an alternative 1940s where magic is real, and as they, as the opening sort of says, everyone's using magic, and the main character, the detective Philip Lovecraft, uh, is one of the few people who isn't using magic to get on in life or get what they want and things like that. Yeah. Um, which is sort of, which again is very sort of, it's quite. Um, you know, it fulfills the film noir sort of category in the sense that it's like I don't use magic because of an undisclosed thing that happened to a dead partner. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and and, and funnily enough, the, the thing I, I was watching, uh, me and Claire were watching it, and she said, "This is Roger Rabbit." And I was it, like, it, "It is," but that's it, because they're both taking because <laughs> they're both taken from that sort of that same well. But you've got like the sort of the Torch singing femme fatale. You've got the dodgy ex partner who's now, you know, a big cheese criminal. You've got sort of twists and turns and double bluffs and things like that. I mean, that said, there is one part of this that I'm kind of assuming, like the main person who is meant to have stolen the book. Yeah. Uh, there's a twist involving that character, which um, I'm not sure if the film meant you to realise immediately what was going on there, but you know. <laughs> I don't know about you, Lee, but I, I was fairly certain, fairly quickly, what, what was transpiring there. Yes, um, yes. But I do think that there was a lot of, I think, uh, I think I like this, I like the world that it built, mm. definitely. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, you know, for the tone of the film, which is quite, you know, it is quite a jokey, knowing sort of film. Um, plenty of gore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a genuinely sort of like a bit sort of, you know, not. I mean, nothing. Nothing too suspenseful, or, but no, uh... it's, it's not. It's not. It's not Hellraiser or something like that. But it's, <laughs> you know, there, there's there's more blood than you'd see in your average because it because it has that sort of Indiana Jonesy sort of feel where it, or even Big Trouble in Little China. You know, where you sort of have the uh, genre sort of uh, crossing. Mm. thing of and it's like with this where it's like oh so it's film noir monster movie uh you know so on and so forth it, it's and, funny you mentioned the the tone it is one of the first and the biggest notes i've got on the whole thing was how tonally odd i found it mm. it it did have as say, it starts off fairly seriously you say like a it, it's got f not massive suspense but it feels very film noir. And then all of a sudden, there's just a woman walking through a hotel lobby with her cases just floating behind her like it's a Harry Potter movie. Like, it yeah. just, and then, and then again, it starts to pick up that fairly heavy story. 
um, with the character who brings uh, the book for Clancy Brown. Again, yeah. after the first five minutes, so it's not a spoiler. Um, no. And what un- unravels with him. And then you had the gremlin scene, which was just yes. totally like, and I was like, every time you think you've got a handle of it and it starts to add any gravity or anything to it, it chucks in this really weird, like almost for kids crazy. But yeah, but I think because it is such a good fun film and it is primarily comedy, you can forget those sort of tonal mismatches. Yeah, more. I think I think it's that I think it's going it's almost it goes back to that thing that uh, Quentin Tarantino said about Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein, hmm. where it's the monsters are still monsters. Yeah. And, you know, people are killed by them. And there's, even though there is, there's the fun of Abbott and Costello, but the monsters themselves are actually held with the same level that they would be in a standard movie. Yeah. In like a, in, in like a serious movie. Yes. And I think, I think for something, cause it's, cause it has, it's pretty sort of tongue in cheek because it's so aware of what it's doing. Yeah. But yeah, you still have those sort of moments of like, so you at least get the thing that everyone, you know, that there is a credible threat going on. It's yeah. not that sort of like, you know, comedy. It's not like sort of police academy where like the villains are hapless, bumbling as much as the 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 heroes are. Yeah. Or anything like that. So you do get that. And I think, and there's also some nice touches. I love the business with the the mix-up of the business cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stuff that, like that. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 There's a lot of there's a lot of sort of bits and pieces. That Gremlin bit really just caught me off guard and really just made me laugh. So, it just it was just the thing of like you know it's the end of the war and what have we bought back from France? Gremlins. Yeah. And they're ruining all machinery. And yeah. I think it's a lovely it's a lovely world that you get a glimpse of. Mm. Um, I would argue, I would say, I would say it does have the trappings of obviously you've got a Necronomicon, you've got great old ones, um, but I would say that it's not, it's not a purely Lovecraftian uh, universe. It's, it's much more general. It's much happier than a Lovecraft universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Well, you know. Someone wins at the end. They don't just have their eyes blackened out of their skull with madness, you know. <laughs> it's a, um, but uh, or at least they don't see really big penguins. Uh, <laughs> but I think that yeah, there's a uh, there's like a it's much more say I don't know actually more like say the Monster Squad or something like that where you've got you know it's not just a straightforward thing. Everything's in there, so you've got. Like the seat, like the scene in the police station mm. where they go in and there's like a vampire, um, there's like a vampire in a thing and they're cross questioning a werewolf. Yeah. Like, but but proper like hard ball detective with just the light in his face. <laughs> where were you on the twenty fifth? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, so I, I, although there were things about this film that I found were a bit. As I, I found the effects were, hadn't dated well and stuff, and I say totally, I did find it a bit. But I, I'd totally recommend anyone to watch this because I, um, I really enjoy it. I think it's if you go in expecting a fun, but like you say, if you want a Roger Rabbit type 
this, that, that's exactly what this is. It's it's kooky and it's fun. You just have to bear in mind every now and again when you start taking it too seriously, you have to remember that it just isn't at all. Yeah, it will. Rip, it will. Well, I love the fact you've got stuff in there that's actually quite sort of like. I mean, for a start, you've got the most film noir thing that you can have, which is dodgy property deals. Yeah, because that's all film noir ever fucking is. You know, it always bears down that someone's building a suburb in Hollywood. You know, um, but even with that, where you've got like you've got the something that's quite a thought-provoking thing of the where they're importing uh, zombies from Haiti yeah. to work as a slave labor force. But even that, when they're building the house and it's just dropping on top of them and they're falling off and stuff like that. Yeah. So you've got you've got something that's there that's actually quite a sort of good comment on like ex, sort of racial exploitation and slavery and things. But it's also comic in its execution as well. So yeah. you, you know, it's it's got some yeah, it has some real tonal shifts. But overall, I think it's just a really enjoyable. You know, it's. I can't imagine, you know, I think you'd have to be pretty hard-hearted to sort of come away from it. Like you say, go into it expecting, you know, just an enjoyable romp. Yeah. Uh, and you should be fine, I think. And I, I would say definitely that anyone out there who, and also anyone who likes like that sort of thing where you've got, you know, like the genres colliding and things like that. Yeah. Definitely, I think this would appeal. Um I did find out there is a sequel to this. Is there really? Yeah, it's called Witch Hunt. And from what I gather, it's basically, it's set in the 50s. And it's basically for communism, read magic. So you've got this anti-witchcraft senator who basically is trying to prosecute anyone who's using magic. Um, Okay. And, um, but... Rather unfortunately, because I mean, I thought, I mean, Fred Ward is really great in this, like the guy who is the, is the main character. Like the, he the, was fantastic. He's just perfect for that role, but he he's not in the sequel, it's Dennis Hopper. Yes, yeah, so I'm really looking great. at it now on IMDb, um, yeah. and it's also rated 18. Yes, I mean, this is the thing, from what I gather, that was, that was the only thing that was a bit of a caveat, is from what I gather, a lot of people have said it's not, it lacks the sort of quirkiness or the charm of that of the original yeah um so i think that i mean i wonder if that's a thing where we would be more aware of it if that sequel had been better received or you know because then it's it's like cold shack or something like that you know it starts off as a tv movie and then ends up as its own series yeah so people hear about it and everything but yeah i think that um Whilst I do, I would like to check it out. I, and again, my expectations are extremely low. Yeah. Uh, you know, when a lot of, you know, people, people who clearly love Cast a Deadly Spell don't seem to have that much time for it. it. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because, I mean, like I say, I believe this was kind of like a backdoor pilot. I would have liked to have seen a, a series of this because I think it's an interesting sort of interesting weird universe yeah i mean i as you say i this film i thought would have made would have made for a great tv series um yeah monster of the week type situation and uh yeah in a world of magic i i, I thought, thought it would have worked really well but uh 
yeah, if it wasn't that well received, I suppose it might be a niche market, even for the 90s, that uh, film noir monster crossover might not be quite yeah. the massive audience we'd like to think it was. Yeah, true enough. I, I, I know Lady Jennifer's comment, uh, and I fully... I fully fully agree with that. Is if I I think if I'd have seen this at the time, like that it came out, mm. I would have been all over it like a sack of tits. I would have just been like <laughs> obsessed with the film. Yeah, because I think you know you like you say you've got nowadays you've you've got sort of like the limitations and the expectations that come with it. But I think if I'd have seen it in '91, I would have thought this is. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Fred Ward and David Warner sell it alone. Julianne Moore yeah. and Clancy Brown as well. It's it, it's just it's such a good cast. And also the um the uh the henchman that Clancy Brown's got, the Lobo yeah. type character. Yes. Um, yeah, and again it's it's, it's quite a, it's quite a serious looking zombie, really. Mm. Um, yeah, for such a slapstick film, but it somehow manages to work still. Yeah, well, I, I think I don't think there's anyone. I don't think I don't think anyone. There's no I lost you. Weekly. Oh, you're, oh. sorry, yeah. I lost you there. But you're back. Uh, you're back. I was gonna. I was just saying. I don't think there's any weak links cast-wise anyway, which I think no, no. is quite again quite a telling sort of thing. That I don't think there's anyone in it where you don't you don't enjoy their character or you don't feel that they're putting their all into it. And, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and there's, and there's a lot of love, like I say, there's a lot of lovely riffs of, they haven't just sort of like gone, right, here's the noir bit and here's the magic bit. There is a lot of crossover, like where there's like, the, where someone like, there's a, a, a hit attempt in the restaurant or the cafe but rather than someone comes in with a Tommy gun, they just drop them a curse. Yes. <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, it's just, yeah, I think there's a, I think there was some real good sort of, there's some real good potential there. There's, I mean, and yeah, any horror fan would just enjoy it for the cast. In fact, actually, the one thing that I came away from is that I am going to have to rewatch uh, John Dies at the End soon. Uh, yeah. Just because, uh, you know, like Clancy Brown, just he's fucking great. <laughs> so, and it, again, I think it's that same sort of thing of the tone of the piece where it's like, you know, somewhere between comedy and serious. Hmm. Um, you know, I think they fall into a very similar sort of area. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Excellent. Right. We'll keep it brief. So uh, yep. thanks very much for listening. Uh, definite recommend from both of us. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think I might even check out Witch Hunt if I can track down a copy. If you can track it down, let me know because I still want to see it. Cool. Because, you know, I, I, there you go. That's that's the best recommendation we can give this film is that both of us have seen it. Both of us are willing to watch the sequel that everyone says, yeah, don't worry. Isn't as good as the first, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Right, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you uh, in a few days for our normal standard episode. Night. Yeah, stay safe. See you soon. Bye.